starting now. Everybody, welcome to The Swarm. Welcome to The Swarm, y'all. We have a great couple um, for our, our interview. This is our first first couple. I mean, we did ULI back in episode five or so with right. a bunch of people, but this really, truly, in our studio, is the first couple that we've interviewed. Two people who love each other and two people who love plants and plant designs and all things that come from the earth. Jean and Steve Luna own Luna Botanicals, who operate here in New Orleans, and they are plant curators. They design, curate, sell plants in the city, and they do something very unique. They do, um, they really preach something called biophilia. And Instagrammability. And Instagrammability, um, which is really uh, the connection you should be having with plants and the meditation involved with plants. It's not just about the beauty of the plants, but it's about what it brings to you in your daily life. They are enhancing our architecture, specifically on all interior spaces, and they're making a gigantic name for themselves. Yeah, I think plants being part of architecture is now not... It's it, it can be kind of a fad, but it is not a fad. It is now here to stay. People understand and appreciate the importance of landscaping and interior plant design. The Lunas are on the forefront of that. I highly recommend going to their Instagram, their website, their Facebook to check out what they are up to because their stuff is fantastic. I am personally really good friends with them. I've traveled the world with them. Um, we hang out together a lot, and they are really great people. And I think everyone will really enjoy this episode. After this, after this interview, honestly, it's like, wait, we need to step up our plant game. So. Yeah, we need to step up the plant game. And we're very thankful um, that recently the hurricane just kind of skirted New Orleans. I it went did. and bought a couple bottles of Kentwood from the grocery store. Um, <laughs> and then I went home and I didn't take any of my plants in, which I should have. Oh, but no. you know, they were kind of saying it'll be all right. I don't even think it rained. Did you tell the Luna, Lunas this? I didn't tell them that. But okay, good. I would have been sad if I woke up and all, woke up and all the plants had just been wiped off the front porch. All right, enough of James. Let's get into the episode. Y'all will love it. Here it is. Hi, everyone. I'm James. And I am Seamus. And you are listening to The The Swarm, Swarm, a podcast about architecture and design. We're two architects at the firm Cicada here in New Orleans. The Swarm is an outlet that brings the world of architecture to the people. Our goal is to educate our listeners about design and construction by interviewing locals who are making an impact on their community. All right, so we have Jean and Steven from Luna Botanicals, uh, the the plant slash biophilia slash super design super design love. sensation of New Orleans here with us. So we're really <laughs> pumped, um, and thank you for thank you both for joining us. Thank you for having us. We're really really excited to be here on magazine at your office. Oh, this is awesome to see. Yes, welcome. So what? If you had to describe Luna Botanicals to our audience, what is and what does Luna Botanicals do? Wow. Okay. So I guess we get that question a lot, and it's always hard for us to kind of describe it. We like to do anything plant-related. So if you want a sculpture made out of plants, you want a dress made out of plants, you want... A dress? A dress. You can go anywhere, anywhere with it, Um, and we're willing to kind of go there. Um, But it can go anywhere to just like potted plants or air plants or, you know, a crown made of tillandsias or a moss wall or anything. So y'all are designers and your medium is living plants. Exactly. Are you guys from New Orleans? 
I am not from New Orleans. I am from Mir, Louisiana, which is next to Rain, Louisiana, which is the frog capital of the world. Which is, and if we're looking at Louisiana from a macro standpoint, where is that? Is it the middle? Is it the southeast? I don't even know where that's at. That's terrible to say. So that's about two, two and a half hours west of New Orleans. Okay, got it. Yeah. Cool. And what about you, further than Lafayette, but not quite Texas. Stephen, uh, where are you from? Yeah, I'm from Chalmette. Which okay. Yeah. Awesome. He's a Chalmation. Yeah, Chalmation. We're just uh, right over the Industrial Canal. Yeah, born and raised there. Went to Holy Cross in the Ninth Ward. Um, and yeah, kind of been here ever since, except for went to LSU in Baton Rouge. And besides that, I've been in New Orleans. Luna Botanicals is not just a unique establishment in the city. It's also kind of a love story, right? <laughs> it is. It is. It's a true New Orleans love story. Break it, break it down. So how did y'all, how did y'all meet? And, and wh- at school-wise, did y'all meet in school? Or what's the, what's no, the kind of the process here? Um, um, no, so our schooling's different. I actually went to school at UL in Lafayette for marketing, so my school was separate. And then um, I worked in Lafayette for a few years, and I wanted to move to New Orleans specifically for a more creative lifestyle. I didn't know what that meant. My job at the time really wasn't that creative, but I did it. Um, and so I moved here to New Orleans, and a month later, actually four years ago this month, Stephen and I met at Bacchanal, which is a really nice wine bar here. And yeah, from then on, we were pretty much together, and Luna Botanicals grew from there. Steve, was that the true story? Very true. Did okay. you walk up and you were like, yo, like I know that I know what that tree is, and you just like dropped the scientific name of the tree on her, and she was like, sold. <laughs> I wish it was that smooth. Uh, <laughs> it was actually kind of the opposite. John like walked up to me. And um, she kind of introduced herself to me, and actually later on in the night, I told her I was a landscape architect, and she was like, "Oh, okay, so you can kind of like design some things for me." And I was like, "Yeah, definitely." <laughs> and then from then on, you know, that's kind of. So, Stephen, you are um, you are trained as a landscape architect. That's correct. Um, yes, I went to school. Um, I graduated from LSU in 2013. From yeah, and landscape architecture. Which is the, is it not the number one landscape architecture school in the um, nation? I'm not sure, yeah, if it is anymore. I know when I graduated, yeah, it was. Um, that's all that matters. Uh, yeah, that's how <laughs> I feel too. <laughs> well, it makes a lot of sense because you got the marketing juggernaut over here. You got the landscape architecture background here. Um, it's all coming together now. You look at your Instagram profile. We can get into that later, but mm-hmm. it's like really seductive. You guys know what you're doing. Y'all are doing a great job. Um, so what, yeah, what yeah. was the birth of Luna Botanicals? Clearly, y'all had met before this whole thing had transpired. I mean, b- before the business right. came to fruition. So, right. So we met, and then we had been dating a few months, and we were working different jobs. I was still doing marketing, and Stephen was doing uh, um, things in construction. But we were still really interested in things with plants. And then for my birthday, he gave me a fiddly fig tree. A ficus lorida, which is, you know, the Instagram darling. So when he it gave really it to is. me, I was like, wow, what a great gift. <laughs> so I really loved it. And I explain it the same way all the time, but it is the best description I've been able to come up with. The change in the room was subtle but significant. It wasn't a huge tree. It wasn't anything crazy. But having something living in the room, not just like another painting, which is awesome too. We love our art. But having something living that we had to take care of, I thought of it first as another responsibility, but what that turned into is actually somewhat of a meditative practice every day. And as the tree continued to grow, so did our relationship, as cheesy as it sounds, <laughs> but that's how Luna Botanicals was born. We uh, worked in art market and we ended up selling out 
and we were really surprised. And before we were ever engaged, I kind of said the name should be Luna Botanicals because we don't just work with plants. We love everything from Earth. So then we eloped in the redwood forest oh, and what? traveled through California, and oh, that wait, inspired guys, a don't lot. Even, whoa, whoa, don't whoa, brush whoa, over whoa. their wedding. If, if y'all are going to go follow them on Instagram, you have to go look at their wedding photos because they're absolutely insane. Based, they got married on top of a mountain or on a mountain in the redwood forest in California. Right? Yes, so we were actually in a valley on top of a mountain. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, in the tall trees grove. Um, and it was kind of like a whole you know, experience to even get there. We had to um, kind of unlock this gate, which we had to go get a permit for from the park rangers, <laughs> and then drive a half an hour down this rock road. And didn't you forget, or didn't your suit not make it, or your tie not make the it? The tie didn't, yeah, around? the tie didn't make it. And then the day uh, we were scrambling around. And then uh, actually when we were going to get the key for the, um, for the gate to go to where we were going to hike to get married, um, we forgot the the flowers in the parking lot and drove <laughs> for 20 minutes. So we had to turn around and drive and hope that no one stole them. And oh. luckily we got back and somebody was like, I was about to leave with them, but we thought that they were for someone. So we're like, perfect. Wow. Nice. <laughs> and these flowers were special because we picked all the ferns and flowers together out in the forest. And then we collected a lot of the peonies, which are, you know, really beautiful wedding flowers from the farmer's market in the local town, Arcata, which was amazing. And um, a local flower farmer ended up inviting us back to her farm and gifted us a lot of the really beautiful flowers in my bouquet that I did. So a lot of our stuff was just sourced by us just doing it. We eloped and just kind of put it together. But being married in such a natural setting and even being gifted things and seeing this farmer's market in this community, Luna Botanicals had been started at that point, but it really inspired so much more in us because we weren't even seeking to see how farmers grew things. But from there, we honeymooned all the way uh, through California, from the top of Northern California down to San Diego. And we toured succulent farms, cactus farms, looked at different plant stores. And the whole time, we were in love on our honeymoon. Mm, so wow. just inspired years of work that we've continued from, from there. So it really is a labor of love. That's a great, it's a great, uh, great story. Um, when Luna Botanicals first started, what was what were you guys? What was y'all's first kind of services that you were providing? What were you creating? And what like what was your start? How were you making money uh, early? Yeah, so we really started doing a lot of pop-ups around town, um, and the business concept was to pop up with like-minded local businesses. So we've done that a few different places, and we would sell what has kind of evolved from our first art market, which was terrariums, you know, a DIY fun thing that we now teach classes on that's really fun, to um, things that are a little more complex, like our mounted artwork. Mm -hmm. So that was the initial way we started everything. And then from there, we got into interior styling, and then we continued with our landscape architecture styling. Yes. Yeah, so um, I guess a big thing that we always try to do is try to figure out a way to incorporate landscape architecture into everything and um, a way to bring it to kind of everyone. Um, so it's not just like you call someone, you hire a landscape architect, they give you blueprints back and that's it. Um, we like to make it a whole kind of immersive experience and like really interacting with plants. And we do that through our workshops and, you know, through our planting classes, um, kind of interacting with the people themselves and speaking to them at, at talks or... And, well, and through your collaborations with local businesses because um, you all haven't touched on it too much, but you all have 
personally curated the interior of many spaces in New Orleans, which in my opinion, basically made the space. One example of that would, I think would be the auction house market. Although beautifully designed, detailed to the T, what really makes that place shine are the plants that are sprinkled throughout the market and the ones that are placed in the skylight space above the bar. It is the reason people go there. It is a gorgeous place to be, and y'all did such a great job of uh, curating that. Well, (laughs) thank you so much for saying that. Um, We really love that project, and we're really lucky to work on it, and I appreciate everything you're saying, and I agree, the plants are something that people are really attracted to there, but that is also a really good example of great architecture, planning for plant mediums, because there is a skylight that goes above that entire cage that allows for all those plants to grow. So that's a great example of architects and interior designers and landscape architects working to create not only something that's there for aesthetics, but an indoor garden that can thrive. And I think people react to it because they can see the difference between in, uh, excuse me, they can see the difference in a vine from one week to the next. Mm. So seeing how something grows, people then really, which has surprised us, want to know the next steps. They want to know how they can do that in their house, how they can grow it, even a lot of the science behind what makes a plant grow. So that's really inspired us too, is the thirst for knowledge about plants, not just seeking the aesthetics, because it really does elicit an emotional response that people want in their daily lives too. John, I'm, I'm glad you brought up just the, uh, the, the collaboration between architects, interior designers, and landscape architects. Me, uh, growing up, I guess, through architecture and even the profession now, when I think of a landscape architect, I always think about exterior spaces, not interior. But clearly, you guys are doing a... Um, you are evidence that um, the interior is just as important as the exterior for design, for planting, for a better space. It helps the indoor air quality. It helps the human psychology, right, well, yeah, aspect. There is a whole science and the whole psychology behind... Uh, bringing plants around people, correct? And that is kind of yeah. what y'all's, uh, y'all's motto is, right? Is to bring that to the people? What a lot of our um, mindset is behind our designs is biophilia, which is a theory that came out around in the 80s or was identified in the 80s is humans' innate affinity for nature or other things living. So in biophilic design, there are a lot of applications of that um, from greenery, but also about getting uh, correct lighting in your space. So you mm-hmm. can see lighting change throughout the day, um, being able to hear water elements. So there are a bunch of different principles that you can incorporate that makes it feel like you're connecting with nature. It's good to think about incorporating interior and exterior plants that make you feel that real connection with nature that you can't maybe get all the time or you can't get every week. Because we say there's no replacement for real immersion in nature, really getting out of there, camping, getting lost, hiking, mm-hmm. feeling you know what a river feels like. There's no replacement for that. But you want to incorporate those elements as much as you can into your everyday life because it's innate within us to feel that. John, I always feel like people are sometimes reticent, or I'm speaking for myself, I was always reticent to actually get plants or even, uh, yeah, specifically plants to put in my home because I was always like, man, I'm going to kill them. You know what I mean? So it's like, is there a bit of advice for like people who are scared to like go ahead and, and, and make that purchase 
because they feel like they may be wasting money because their plant is gonna die. I, you know? I, I feel like as a as a guy, I remember like being <laughs> like you know living on my own. I was just like, why would I buy a plant yeah. in my house? Like I'm gonna buy a poster of like Seinfeld or something, right? Like you don't think of a plant as like a part of your house. You think of it as like a chore or like decoration. Well, it requires it requires some sort of maintenance, and for a right. dude in college who's right. buying you know Zeppelin posters, <laughs> of course you don't want a plant because that requires. Yeah, Water. <laughs> well, exactly. Um, I think it's it's changing the concept of it being a chore to almost it being like a meditation. Right, right. So one of the big things about when you're caring for plants is you can see when a plant needs water, has too much water, or is just fine. Like the leaves will tell you. You can look at them, and if you look at them closely, you'll see how the plant is doing. The process of caring for them is meditative in it's, itself, and yeah, it's very satisfying it is, it to is. see something live, and you're just like, oh, sweet. Like, yeah. that was easy, yeah. but and now it looks good, and I feel better about myself. <laughs> and at the end of the day, it's really not that hard. I was always scared or you know, of these things dying, but Kara, my wife, she she's in love with interior plants, and so our house is full of plants as well. And um, they don't die. And you really, we, I, you know, you can't have enough. Like you walk into Jean and Steve's apartment <laughs> and you're like, holy cow, like this place is amazing. You think it's amazing, but like y'all do have like hundreds of plants in your house. We do. Uh, we really live what we sell. It's not a shtick. Yeah. It's a real thing we believe. We really do get out in nature. So in our plant van where we do our pop-ups... That's what we take to travel around the country and go camp and get out and get real botanical inspiration. The plant van being Pearl. Yeah, the Pearl. 1973 Volkswagen van. <laughs> which is Steve's pride and joy. so rad. They bought this thing and have been fixing it up, and it is it looks amazing. It's, I love it. It's really, really cool. What's y'all's Instagram handle? Uh, Luna Botanicals. Everybody go on, Luna, search Luna Botanicals right now on Instagram, and you can find their, their van Pearl, which is... Beautiful, actually. I, w- I wanted to get back to n- into biophilia. We, yes. we touched a little bit on that, but are there examples um, that people can, like, what are, what are examples in the city that you guys, that are good examples of biophilia that y'all have done recently that you're proud of? Uh, so Auction House Market is a great example. Mm-hmm. So when you walk in, you have birds of paradise, you have large palm trees, you have an entire cage with a skylight and plants growing around. But another good example of biophilia is in their event space which has a moss wall from a drop-down ceiling. And what that kind of incorporates is something called biomimicry. So the materials used are real, but they're preserved. So there's no upkeep to it. And a good application for that is when there isn't a window space available or you know an optimal natural element like sunlight or water you can put in something that feels like another nature aspect that otherwise would feel like a cold spot and this moss wall is not something to be to be glazed over it is extraordinary it's like 20 feet by 10 (laughs) feet and it's got like terrain and hills and it's like everyone in there we went to a party there recently everyone in that room went up and was just petting the wall and petting is okay right because it's preserved is that i mean it's probably not encouraged but Right. So this is in a commercial space. We understand people are going to touch it, and honestly, it doesn't upset us. It is a piece of art that we put up, but it's honestly touching to us that people want to reach out and feel it, and I think it speaks to everything that we're saying. People want to connect with nature, 
And there's this fascination with plants or this fascination with knowing how to grow plants. Right. But what's interesting with that is as we've taught more and more plant classes over the last few years, people who came in with this initial plant guilt of I've killed this or that or I kill everything, now two years later say they are such a plant person. All it really takes is a little boost of confidence and some direct knowledge and how to troubleshoot. Love it. I'm... I'm, I am in that boat, and I have succeeded <laughs> through my wife. Yeah, you got to so. go through a few plants you gotta, before you yeah. really get them. Yeah, it's definitely okay. a, a trial and error thing. And research is probably a good way to always start. Um, that way you know what plants, you know, what you're putting in your home, the care that they need, the light that they need. Um, that way you're not grabbing a plant that needs so much water, and you're putting it next to a plant that doesn't need much water, and you're watering them both the same likelihood is that one of those plants is going to die. So you could Google it, or you could just reach out to Jean and Steve Luna, which is what Adrian and I do. We (laughs) just shoot him a text. Hey, what is this, and how do we keep it alive? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) so you can message us anytime on Instagram, and um, we'll answer any plant question that that you have. What do you you recommend for designers out there listening to you who may want to work with you guys or someone in their area? Like, get, get in as soon as possible? Like, how does that process work? On a lot of projects, there we are pulled in kind of at the last minute as a final touch to a design that's already been done. Mm-hmm. And that's awesome. We really do enjoy those jobs because in almost any space, you could add plants to soften edges and make it feel a little more at home. So that's the way to go about it. But of course, we like to be involved from the beginning because like we said, you know, forward-thinking firms like yours, for example, when there's a meeting of the minds in the beginning of the design process, we can really implement smart biophilic design and things that work from a true architectural standpoint from form and function, but also a standpoint of something that we haven't touched on. But I think that's important to both of our clientele, which is Instagram ability and marketability. Loving it. Right. Bring it. (laughs) So sometimes that takes a little more pre-planning than just adding the finishing potted plants or touches here and there. Mm -hmm. And that's why we really like to work with the designers from the beginning. Because in most commercial spaces, you are looking for that Instagram shot or you are looking for that marketable shot that's going to keep coming up on stories. And we feel that we can design specifically for that because people want to remember that botanical experience that they're having. So we want to frame that memory for them. Do you guys deal, this is kind of off subject, but y'all deal with a lot of copycats. Uh, can, yeah, well, can, <laughs> so uh, yeah. James, James, well, gave I'm, me I'm seeing this because of course I'm y'all's like Adrian and I are y'all's <laughs> number, number one fan, n- number one fans, and then you, you slowly see things like oh we're doing this plant class, oh <laughs> we're doing this plant headpiece, and I'm thinking I've seen this before, I saw this two years ago. <laughs> John and Steve, people are coming at you. Is that flattering or is that frustrating? I do think that we've taken a slightly different approach to plants than might have been traditionally done in New Orleans. But that being said, we didn't invent plants. And people want more plants because everything we preach, it's an innate thing that you want to feel. So while competition arises, you know what? We feel like we have our distinct design style and plants really are for everyone to enjoy. And you know what? We'll keep changing and growing. And that's just how business goes. Oh, yeah. All right. So speaking of growth, let's talk exponential growth. I want to talk the about... future. Future. Um, um, if you both had an unlimited budget and could, um, could do anything tomorrow with Luna Botanicals or an installation with Biophilia, 
uh, what would that be for you guys? What's what's y'all's big time scale that y'all have been dreaming of in the city? So I guess my dream would be um, green roofs, green walls everywhere in New Orleans. Um, I would like to see the entire skyline of New Orleans change if I had an unlimited budget. Everything green. You look at it, there's trees growing on it. Um, you know, and it helps in so many ways. Um, I would say my facet to the dream would be to continue traveling as much as we can because I really do believe an immersion in nature is good for people psychologically, inspirationally. So I want to do that for myself and my own business, but also promote it with other people. But I also want to learn more about plants from around the world because something that we've really fallen in love with is learning about odd specimen plants. And it's like learning a whole new language. There are thousands that you could learn. So I would travel the whole world, take in as much knowledge as I can, somehow get back as many plants as I can. I don't know the legality behind all of that. But then I would share it with New Orleans and share with people how to grow that, how to emulate that in their lives, because gardening and design isn't something just to keep for yourself. This is something that has been taught culturally through generations. I know I learned it from my mom, my grandmother, people that just always gardened and did this. And I think especially in a tech time like this, it's very important to reconnect to that on both a macro and micro scale. You guys, we have, we, we live in New Orleans. We get a lot of water. We have terrible pump systems. What do you guys see as far as like sustainable options that we really need to implement further in the city for stormwater management when it comes to plants? I mean, I know green roofs, I mean, you don't see green roofs really ever. Well, I think there might be one right now at the standard. I think, correct me if I'm wrong, but every time you plant a tree, it absorbs like X number of gallons per every rainstorm. So like literally just like planting anything yeah, helps so the Orleans. That's kind of what I was going to go about the same route as James. Um, you know, there's so many ways you can do it. Um, and there's ways to even before construction, before you're building that sidewalk in the city um, to build kind of like a whole retention, water retention down there. Um, and then the trees and all will absorb the water. Um, so just stop pushing the water straight to the pumps because right. the pumps are obviously not working. Right. Um, they, well, and they need they need some reprieve. I mean, is it is it literally as easy as just planting trees? Sure, I love the building, but like I really I think what makes the building as much as the design is the landscape architect. The literally the 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 landscape around it. Yeah. yeah. And, and good landscaping and plant design can save a bad building. It can. Yeah, and we try to tackle that, you know, many times. Trying to tackle, you know, how can you make this look good mm -hmm. with plants? And plants really are, you know, when you build something, um, let's say, that is not so attractive and you cover it with plants, you know, it's all of a sudden, it's got a new feeling to it. Um, and, it and it feels more organic than something, you know, that, that could have been, you know, very just rigid. and A warehouse. A warehouse, Exactly. You guys were, so we've talked about Luna Botanicals, uh, how you got started, um, where you are now. Where, where do you guys see yourselves in five, ten years? Are, are you in, you know, are you in the Van Pearl just kind of traveling, traveling the country, checking out new plants? Cruising like, where, with the dog. Yeah, where do, you, where do you all see yourselves? Well, considering a year and a half ago, we thought we were going to be living in our van around the country. <laughs> <laughs> it's really hard to look five to ten years ahead, but yeah. um, we really love New Orleans. And so we see ourselves staying here for a while. While we still do take jobs other places and want to continue doing that, 
We really want to make New Orleans a truly lush, green, sustainable city. There's a lot of new investment in the city. There's a lot of entrepreneurship, very interesting things going on, and a lot of money flowing into the city. And I think it's also a time where people are really wanting green. It's not only trending. I think it's something that's here to stay because, like I said, we have this tech disconnect. So we really want to be the designers that can help architects, developers, um, anyone in commercial or residential design to really influx green in the right way and make spaces feel natural and whole. Take it. Well, I love it. I love that you guys are designers. Y'all are lovers of all things, not just plants, but things of the earth. Uh, thank you for teaching us a little bit about biophilia, uh, Instagram ability. <laughs> yeah, who knew? Instagram ability. Uh, and y'all are an inspiration to us. I think it's great to see y'all's work and how y'all have grown, and y'all always make really beautiful things. And I think you're making other people in New Orleans and the world a little bit happier, one plant at a time. Wow, oh, thank you, James. <laughs> so thank y'all. You guys, do y'all have any uh, questions for James and I? Yes, I do. I would like to ask, in your personal life, how do you feel about caring for plants when you think not only now, but a plant you have now five years in the future? What do you think of the time spent in that relationship? So I have had a plant. I was in Home Depot after college, and I saw a plant, and I was like, all right, I'm going to buy this plant. I called them Spike. It's a yucca. So it's a yucca. came in this plastic, really cheap container. And I was so proud of this plant because it really just made me happy. I was like, here's this plant. And then it went through a rough patch where I didn't care for it for a long time, and it looked really gross. And then Adrian came in and saved it. Plant, uh, she trimmed it and curated it, and it's still with me. And I love that plant. I love that plant like a pet. So I have switched my perspective on plants in that um, I thought it was a chore and now every time I see a new one in the house it kind of makes me happy and it's much better to look at than some other like tchotchke in the house it's not it's you know it's not just like collecting dust in the corner from like a vase or something it's just like this living thing and you can move it around and I don't know if that was your question, but I like that. I think you answered it. <laughs> I, I come from the same exact kind of uh, experience as James. Um, I think he kind of nailed it on the head about the, I'm calling it a Zeppelin poster, but the poster <laughs> back in the day, it was like, that was much easier for me than to get a plant. But I was really just scared of the idea of having to take care of a plant because I was, I was afraid I was going to kill it. And so, uh, but um, after, after being with Kara, like, Really, she instilled like confidence in me, and I was like, "Hey, th wait! This plant thing is awesome." And uh, I was really experienced with like pl like taking care of plants on the outside outside of our home, and so that was kind of like my scope of work. I like to call it. And I would always, you know, I got the irrigation system, and it's like taken care of. And but it's it's more set it and forget it. Whereas inside, I find it's more. I have more of a personal connection to the plants because we're actually spritzing them and it's like you have to consciously water them and it's like you're kind of rooting for them yeah you are and then it's like when it's budding <laughs> unintended <laughs> yeah exactly when it's budding or like actually you get a new leaf or whatever it's like whoa we got a new leaf it's like a thing in the house so um i've certainly come a long way with our plants um knock on wood we uh i think we've only killed one plant of our 10 in the house i think we have 10 oh wow yeah my yeah. my kd ratio is a lot worse than kill that. to <laughs> what? kill to uh <laughs> Kill death ratio is what that is. That's a, that's a video game term. <laughs> Play a lot of Halo. Um, 
but Love it. It, in terms of architecture, it's a big part of both of our homes. Like a, a, new, a classic yeah, sure. New Orleans home, we basically, we when we bought our house, I know y'all too, you basically design around the fact that you're going to hang a fern yes, on your porch. <laughs> yeah. And it like really makes the home, like it really makes the facade. It's And it's not the same without it. So it's really an integral part of the architecture. Well, thank you both for uh, for coming in. We've enjoyed it. Yeah, Thanks thank for you us. for having us. This was great. And, folks, that's going to do it for this week's episode. I am Seamus. And I'm James. And we would like to thank our sponsors, Brew Carré and PJ's Coffee. Be sure to follow us on Instagram, at The Swarm, and drop us a review on iTunes. Stay tuned for our next episode.